All right, it is the Monday night edition, Tuesday morning, I guess, if you're listening to this. PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is the one that you wait for with bated breath because this is when I come on and I freak out on like two hours of sleep about some player prop that has not yet hit or some side that is no chance of coming through. It's usually the Bears. It's not the Bears. Right now, Ben, right now I need Jared Goff to put his dancing shoes on because I just need six rushing yards from this motherfucker. That's it. That's all I need. Six yards. I feel, not to not to get overly excited about my own athletic ability, I think I could get six yards if I played 40 dropbacks in an NFL game. What do you think? Against the Bucs? I don't know. That would be a little bit of a difficult task. Um, but yeah, I don't mind it. He hasn't had <laughs> any attempts at this point in time. They have been running basically that jailbreak screen where they essentially let all four defensive linemen through as quickly as possible. And it worked for him uh, towards the end of the half there with Robert Woods, of course, uh, getting open, making some guys miss, and not uh, getting down to have the field goal. So from the perspective of the fact that the Rams are winning right now at halftime, I definitely feel good. Uh, was a play that I liked. Last week we actually talked about it some on the Monday uh, edition of this podcast that we kind of like the Rams. Green line was with us, and so I think when we kind of have that early week consensus and find, you know, Greenline actually agrees with us once we get all of our numbers and metrics updated. I definitely feel strongest about those games. But I thought, you know, in general, Sunday, Sunday slate overall was pretty decent, I guess, from a Greenline perspective. There were a few hits and misses, but uh, yeah, yep. more opportunity coming up here in Week 12. We're not going to talk about the um, mind-fucking that Sean Payton put on the entire city of Atlanta. We're not going to do that here on this, that. on this blessed podcast. However, we're better than that. Yes. However, we did discuss... That the Los Angeles Rams, maybe last year, were not prepared to handle a game without uh, Whitworth. This year, however, the quick game, much more a part of their offense, and um, they're taking advantage of it. I mean, Cooper Cup is just absolutely roasting. He's not going to need to buy a turkey for Thanksgiving <laughs> because he will have cooked Sean Murphy punting to a crisp and will be serving that up to friends and family for Thanksgiving. It is a disaster. But uh, I have confidence. I have confidence that Jared Goff knows how much this means to me, wants to show off a little of his athletic ability, make it happen. Uh, should be a fun second half. We're still going to be able to talk about some of the games that these two teams are playing in. I actually want to start with one of them, which is Kansas City in Tampa Bay. Best game of next week, uh, I think, certainly of the Sunday slate. Baltimore-Pittsburgh should be pretty good, too. But um, this one has fluctuated in and around three. It looks to be probably, depending on how this game ends up, I think it will be two and a half or three, Tampa Bay as a home dog to Patrick Mahomes and the Bucks. Okay. Yeah. But me, I want to... You want to go in first. I want to go go in in first. first. Here's why. Because I spend a lot of time with our good friend, Eric Eager. Okay? And... Every time, you know how like, you know, dogs get excited and, you know, little boner, little boner pops. A little bit. Yeah. You know, that's, that's Eric Eager anytime you start to say Patrick Mahomes name. Okay. It's just, it's amazing. Like I just, you would think that Patrick Mahomes was Mother Teresa, Jesus, um, all. Gandhi, all wrapped into one. Oh, and by the way, really good at football too. Okay. Right. And I get it, that last drive against the Raiders was great. But let me ask you this, Ben. Was he even better than Derek Carr in that game? No, he actually wasn't whatsoever, which was uh, 
something that I never thought that I could actually say. Um, but yeah, Derek Carr, I thought he was going to win the Raiders that football game. Of course, they did cover. Um, the spread Chiefs didn't. So I think that, you know, Derek Carr did more with less uh, than what Patrick Mahomes did on Sunday Night Football. So if you're asking me that question, I definitely think Derek Carr, I dare me say, outplayed Patrick McCombs on Sunday Night Football. Unfortunately, uh, the result wasn't quite what the Raiders wanted, but he kind of outplayed them uh, in their Week 6 matchup, I want to say. I think it was Week mm-hmm. 6 it was as well. Definitely, but, uh, the, the results there definitely were in Carr's favor. I think right. from a grading perspective, that one was actually closer. But the reason I bring that up is because the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't cover Darren Waller Nelly Aguilar, by the way, that's what Derek Carr calls him. I was listening to the post game at like 3 a.m. Uh, last night, and I heard Derek Carr say Nelly, and I'm like, who the who is Nelly? <laughs> Did I miss something? Is there a rapper that's now part of the Raiders team with a bandaid on his yeah with a bandaid yeah. on his cheek? Did I miss this? No, that's just Nelson Aguilar who is, was open nonstop against the Raiders uh, against the Chiefs. Sorry. Um, and then, you know, they have Henry Ruggs. Like, that's not that great of a trio. I mean, they're good. But then you get Brown, Evans, Godwin, and Gronk. And Tom Brady against the Chiefs defense that, like, they're not slowing them down at all. Why wouldn't Tom Brady be able to have at least a Derek Carr-type performance against the Chiefs again? I, I'm not saying I'm there yet, spiritually, to bet against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> But I'm getting closer. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a take. I don't know if it's one I can get on board with. Maybe I've been influenced by Eric a little too much, but I feel like I have to bet the Chiefs anytime they're less than a field goal favorite uh, at this point. Probably for the rest of the season, I would probably extend that out to in-game lines as well. I know that worked out really well Mm -hmm. during their playoff stretch last year, but I don't know. I'm definitely probably leaning towards the Chiefs at two and a half. I think three is different, and I think three and a half, I would probably be leaning, like you're saying, a little bit towards the Bucks at this point in time, pending kind of the result from Monday Night Football. Um, obviously, that's going to influence just a little bit. I think that would probably be the reason we got out to three and a half, but I don't know. Brady hasn't necessarily put forth uh, this Derek Carr-esque performance yet, so I'm not quite sure I can buy into him doing it in 2020, but I don't know. I kind of like over 52 and a half. I think that might be... Uh, the correct approach for this game. What do you think about that? I, I very much like over 52 and a half because the Chiefs ain't stopping nobody. And um, we know that, look, Mahomes did, Mahomes was great. He's fantastic. But so much of that was the fact that Andy Reid will scheme up anything at any time and have success against right. it. And, um, and look, the Bucks like to be aggressive. That's not going to work against Tyree Hill or Patrick Mahomes. Um, and they have no, I mean, no one's going to cover Travis Kelsey. And if you're telling me that the Rams are exposing Sean Murphy Bunting, Sean Murphy Bunting may be on a practice squad in like Carolina after after next week's game because the, the Chiefs are going to torch the slot if that is the way they cover it. Um, so I, I like the over as well. I, here's what I would say. If if the Bucks lose this game, it gets up to three, three and a half, they would take the Bucs. Yeah. Um, and I will probably do so in large part to tilt Eric. And, you have to. Uh, Some yeah. more free steak dinners at this point. Exactly. I know you guys we got have... a bet on what. Yeah, what do you guys have? I mean, I don't know what. Like, so I don't even we, want to talk about that game, but I. Yeah. I am giving him an opportunity to win two steak dinners back. He has the Cincinnati Bengals Cincinnati money Bengals. line. Ryan Finley led Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, Man, I can't believe dude, you guys have to now watch this, this game with interest. Let me say this. If the Cincinnati Bengals have a lead 
with like less than three minutes in the fourth quarter, there will be a march of unmasked, angry Ohioans coming straight to Bengals Stadium to ensure that the Bengals do not win that game and they keep their good draft pick intact. Um, let's not talk about the game. Take me to another game that that has your eye. Um, let's talk about Thursday Thursday night Ravens Steelers yes. minus four point five Steelers bumped out I think from minus one on the look ahead line. What what side are you going to be on? Because I think you got to have some action on this Thursday night football. Yes, game. absolutely. I want to have action on every single Thanksgiving game. I know I will have lots of props. I, that is where I'm going to spend the majority of my time. And you guys should check out. We're going to do. I think you and I, maybe Eric, will get involved. The big guy. Someone's got to pay for the lap dance. Bring it in three way. Um, And uh, here's here is my thought on Baltimore Pittsburgh. The first matchup, Pittsburgh won despite getting outplayed in just about all facets of the game, except for turnovers, which are huge. Um, Baltimore is this is. A little bit of a kitchen sink game for them. Baltimore is not currently in the playoffs. Right. Um, I am going to fade the turnover luck. Even you know people think it's going to sustain itself because Pittsburgh's so aggressive. I, I will. I'll, I'll take Baltimore. I, I still think Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than than Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and uh, you know Tennessee came. Tennessee is a good team. Tennessee has the best offense in the NFL on early downs in EPA per play. That is significantly better than what Pittsburgh is going to bring to the table here. Um, So if Baltimore can come out and get a lead, as they did against the Titans, I don't think they'd give it up against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I definitely like that. I mean, I've kind of had this game circled for a while now because it's a team that I thought we had the opportunity. Of course, Ravens probably a little bit, market's probably a little bit lower on them than what they should be. Steelers obviously higher on them. I do think they probably get a little bit of hate, um, you know, from the general public correspondence and stuff like that uh, as far as being, you know, a 10-0 team but not necessarily the best team. But I don't think that's really reflective of how they're viewed in the betting market. So I definitely think this is a spot where you can get the Ravens um, on a decent number at four and a half and I mean like you said these quarterbacks are basically exactly similar I think Big Ben has the 21st best PFF passing grade Lamar Jackson's basically one spot behind him of course that only takes into account passing grade not you know Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson's rushing ability so I do think basically the one key differentiator for me between these two teams that I don't like with the Ravens side is uh, their wide receiver position I can't quite figure out what's going on with Marquise Brown he was non-existent once again he had three targets zero receptions I mean, they're trying out Willie Sneed, 25 pass routes a game. Des Bryant ran yeah. 21 pass routes on Sunday. Des I mean, Bryant. It's I a can disaster see, compared to the Steelers. Side, I can right? see Des Bryant getting a decent <laughs> amount of run here. Um, Throwing up the X on Thursday night. Yeah, man. I I would guess that, um, that the Ravens' best chance here is to go full Lamar Jackson gadget play, right. you know, um, Devin Duvernay, Des Bryant makes a resurgence. Um, here's here's the thing. Here's why I like one of the reasons I like the the Ravens is everything points to the Steelers, right? And you're like, wow, Steelers are playing better here. They're playing better here. They have this. They have this. They have this. Tomlin, coach of the year. Chase Claypool, ten touchdowns, ten games, amazing. None of his teams lose. Yada 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 yada. And 
that usually is indicative of a little bit of value on the other side because no one right. thinks the Ravens – people don't think the Ravens can tie their shoes correctly right now, right? Okay. Um, so give me that one. I want to go to the early game because uh, this was one that the Texans were two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Lions in Detroit as of last night. And, and Eric and I both liked them as short – uh, road favorites. It's now three, uh, but juiced a little bit towards the line. So it might come back down to two and a half. My my reasoning here is that the Detroit Lions are, I mean, a total disaster. <laughs> and they have got to be thinking of how they can get the rocket scientist on a rocket out of Detroit. Right. And I mean, that's been... I mean, right? It is, it is a total atrocity. On the flip side, the Texans, they just beat a decent Patriots team. And Deshaun Watson, the disparity between Deshaun Watson and half a ligament Matt Stafford is massive. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to see that Deshaun Watson, you guys talked about it yesterday on the forecast, started to get some love. You had him as your second best quarterback, I think, mm-hmm. uh, behind Patrick Mahomes, which I think is kind of a great spot. Obviously, you know, he hasn't had the best situation in Houston at this point in time. They need, um, you know, a lot more around him, but he has you know, succeeded despite his circumstances, which is basically the exact opposite of everything that the Lions are doing. I think you can fade them until they basically fire Matt Patricia. Uh, This performance last week against the Panthers was just god-awful. I can't believe how bad they played um, against the Panthers defense that hasn't really been that great. I think the Panthers have basically allowed uh, something like .3 EPA in their four matchups before taking on the Lions last weekend, and then the Lions went for like negative .28 EPA per pass attempt. on Sunday against the Panthers, didn't score a single touchdown, uh, didn't do anything productive offensively. So I don't know. It was it was a kind of the Lions were a spot that I liked in the preseason. I think they got pretty trendy. Uh, probably got a little bit of most of their value basically sucked up before the season started. But I think that should have been the spot, the point in time when I realized that uh, they were vastly overrated by the market and should have probably been fading them ever since. But I do think that they're definitely viable uh, to still fade here. So I do like that you guys got the two and a half point, uh, getting a little bit of value. I could see it get back to two and a half, but I think we're probably going to be locked in at three. So. We just witnessed uh, Leonard Fournette third down back, according to Wizard Bruce Arians, show why he is not, in fact, a third down back. And I wanted to make a a little comparison here. Thinking that Leonard Fournette is a good pass catching back is like having a take that Skyline Chili is good food. Like you or Matt Patricia is a good coach. Yeah, you, you just have never had good food. You've never seen a good coach. You've never seen a running back actually catch a football and do something with it. And, uh, man, he's terrible. Um, all right, let's go to uh, another game. What, let's do what, let's run back the, third, the Thanksgiving slate. Then Washington, okay. Cow, Washington football team, Dallas Cowboys, minus three, I think we're seeing Juice. at this point. Choose to the Cowboys, man. The, right. the They're coming back. Football team not getting a lot of love here. Let me, let me jump in. If this gets to three and a half, I am sorry. But... Are we really going to get excited about the Dallas Cowboys after one game? One game. This team, there has not been a football team outside of the Detroit Lions that has looked, and the Philadelphia Eagles, in fairness. The Jets have looked better than the Cowboys. I mean, like they've shown life. They've shown signs of life. The Dallas Cowboys have been a complete disaster. Now, if you're telling me 
that you hear that Mike McCarthy is smashing watermelons and that is getting you to bet on the Dallas Cowboys, then may God be with you. But let me remind you of something very important. And I'm sure you know where I'm going with this. But the day that this game is being played is what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Are there any other games being played at this time? There are not. There are not, which makes this what I would call a primetime game. And you know who likes to shine in primetime? Andrew Dalton. My man is going to collapse. I I just, I'm sorry. You could not. I would rather starve on Thanksgiving than put money on Andy freaking Dalton on Thanksgiving. Give me Alex Smith. Give me Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, all the receivers in this game, everyone wants to talk about the Dallas Cowboys receivers. If I get one receiver on either of these teams, I am taking Terry McLaurin. Give me the Washington football team. Yeah, I definitely like that take on Terry. Um, I don't know these... I'm looking at a little bit of their season-long stats. Of course, they haven't both... Neither of them have played all season, but they're basically the exact same quarterback, it looks like. Uh, From our grading perspective, the only thing is Andy Dalton's had a few more uh, positively graded throws, but they've basically been... Similar average depth of target, really low. Uh, negative EPA per pass attempt, but I'm kind of with you, especially at three and a half. If we can get that, I'd really like uh, Alex Smith to potentially cover here as you know a dog, and there's no way you can really be backing the Cowboys or Andy Dalton, uh, even on Thanksgiving as a three-point favorite with what they've shown. You know, They did beat the Vikings. I don't really think that's saying that much at this point in time. I am, um, yes, I am 1,000% with you let's go to new england where the new england patriots are two and a half point underdogs at home to the arizona cardinals um like i am five years old explain this line to me (laughs) i mean the market loves the arizona cardinals they have basically all season uh they picked up a lot of steam early in the season that's just kind of carried forward i did think that kyler murray was potentially a little banged Mm -hmm. up um so from that perspective, but I think it's just a um, slight, you know, situation where the market's been high on the Cardinals basically all season, probably a little bit low on the Patriots, and of course they're coming off, you know, a bad performance that people are overvaluing how poorly they played against the Texas team that people don't think are as good as they actually are at this point. I do think that the Texans are going to show, you know, on Thursday that they are a pretty decent team. They were a team we kind of liked to actually compete in that AFC South. Obviously, things didn't start off correctly for them to stay relevant, but I do think they're going to be quite good here towards the end of the season. I think that kind of showed on Sunday, so I am willing to give more credit to the Texans as a quality performance to beat the Patriots than I am, you know, knocking the Patriots at this point in time. So I do think this line has just been a little bit uh, overstated. I think it opened right around a pick Um I probably don't really feel great backing the Patriots until plus three, but I think, you know, with where we've been with the market, could definitely get to that number. Yeah. I, I um, here, here is, here is why I think this is a fraudulent line. I believe that the public thinks that Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson are pretty similar right? and that they would value them at about the same number of points above, you know, replacement level quarterback. And while I love Kyler Murray and I think he's fantastic, that is an absolute disservice to Deshaun Watson who's playing out of his freaking mind and was brilliant against the New England Patriots. But he was brilliant against the New England Patriots in large part because he is a better thrower of the football than Kyler Murray is. And I would be a little nervous about Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury going into New England and really being dynamic. I, you know, he was banged up. Um, 
the passing game is where he still needs to improve the intermediate passing game. Um, and I, I would look for the Patriots to do a pretty decent job of saying, look, we're going to clamp down on you taking deep shots. You're going to have to beat us um, in, in the short and intermediate routes. And I think that gives the Patriots a great opportunity here, um, especially with what I think is an offensive line that's playing really well now right. and a, a quarterback that is actually healthy and also playing well. Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird both creating separation. That's a problem for the Cardinals because, well, they have not great coverage players. So um, I, I think this is a – the Patriots should be favored in this game. I'm sorry. <laughs> they should be favored right. in this game. Like, get, get over yep. yourselves. Um, we could easily see it move back to a pick I would definitely agree with that. So, Cool. Uh, I'm glad we're in lockstep. Uh, Colts-Titans. Colts, yeah, I mean, four-point is- favorite. Big, big game. Uh, I think we got to go back to the well on the Titans. I wasn't really overly impressed with the Colts' performance. I do think, you know, things broke really well for them against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was a spot that Greenline did like the Colts. It wasn't one that I necessarily loved, you know, basically throughout the whole week. Um, so I'm probably leaning definitely towards the Titans at this point in time. I do think you're getting a better quarterback with Ryan Tannehill, of course. Uh, much better receiving unit. Of course, they have Derrick Henry. It doesn't really matter. But they have, you know, A.J. Brown showed once again what he's capable of winning the game for the Titans in overtime. Um, so I'm definitely liking uh, where Tennessee is at. And this number hasn't actually adjusted at all from the opening line. Um, so I think from that perspective, they're not really baking in either team's performance last week so in that spot i definitely like where the titans are at yeah i'm with you completely here the titans have the better quarterback getting points right so um i I like that quite a bit i I mean the colts have just been a team that i want to fade and if you know marcus valdez scantling can hold on to the ball and you know it's he's got the stiff wind is blown against him um you know the, the the packers win that game and and cover The one worry that I would have here is that the Titans continue to they they saw that Derrick Henry ended the game in overtime and they decide well he's going to take us from start to finish and they just you know hammer the ball the rock. But I mentioned I mentioned this earlier. I mean the the Titans offense probably not getting enough love from an EPA per play perspective. They are the most explosive early down team and in particular early down passing. I mean they're tremendous. Right. Um, so. And Tannehill just consistently grades well for us um, at this point in time. He did last year as well. So I think, yeah, they're just a much better team. Even on offense, of course, the Colts have Frank Reich, quality defense, but I'm not really buying into those. We have looked for spots to fade them. It hasn't necessarily worked out every time, but I do think it's going to work out this time. Okay, I have two more that I want to hit kind of rapid fire here. The first is um, the New Orleans Saints six-point favorite in Denver. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the market was really impressed with the Saints. Moved four and a half, five and a half, up to six. Taysom Hill, of course, everyone's going to be on that bandwagon. I kind of want to back the Broncos here, but, um, you know, they won pretty, you know, they didn't necessarily look good against the Dolphins, but they did win a matchup that the Dolphins actually had to win. Um, Drew Locke, of course, didn't grade well once again, which is kind of unfortunate, so that's why I'm getting a little hesitant back the Broncos here but I do think that they're only they're the, they're the only side in this matchup for me for sure I am what is what are your thoughts I am yet? with you because I just if they so here's here's the question that I would ask if you're Sean Payton 
do you do anything similar to what she did against the Falcons? Because if you do, then I would trust Vic Fangio to be like, okay, right. I can like handle Taysom Hill and the arm punts here. But if he comes out with a totally new game plan, which to me is what he has to be thinking about, which is right. just every single week I'm going to confuse and befuddle my opponent, and right. and it's going to be a totally it's going to be something that they definitely have not prepared for. Yeah, and that's and Sean Payne is definitely capable of doing that, and he's probably is thinking that. So um, that is definitely the scary part at this point in time. But they could do that and still not cover the six point spread on their own. So that's basically the reason why I like the Broncos at this point. In the year of our Lord 2020, I have um, created some commandments. One of them, thou shalt not back Drew Locke. Just can't do it. Cannot. It's not the, not a lock, that's for sure. Cannot, will not. Okay, Chargers, Bills, Bills five and a half in Buffalo. Ah, oh, man. I mean, I don't know. I have been really impressed with Justin Herbert, of course. Everyone has. I think, you know, the number basically is at a good spot where um, – I think they're playable at this point in time. Of course, they didn't cover last week, um, but I'm still leaning towards Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I'm not. I'm not willing to uh, fully back the Bills at this point. I think one of my commandments should probably be not backing Josh Allen <laughs> in the year 2020, our Lord as well. So maybe that's the spot I'm at. What do, What are your thoughts on it? My thoughts are that the weather in Buffalo. Uh, you know, Buffalo is. It's not exactly known for its warmth, but it's going to be 48. Um, it might be a little bit of wind, but nothing too crazy. And I can kind of see a lot of points being put up in this game. Total 55, it's very high. However, as we have spoken about, it is 2020 and um, right. points are being scored. I think that's where I would lean. I do believe that, that um, if you are looking at the spread here and you are thinking about the bills, you might be crazy. Because, right. I you know the the Chargers to me are just a team that plays close games and they have the explosiveness on offense to kind of never be out of it. So, um, right. that is where I am leaning. Uh, all right, let's do one last one. By by the way, I see Bengals now out to plus six. Right, you get tons of line value on that bet, man. Oh you should... my goodness. <laughs> You're going to might have to pay him three stakes by the end if you guys decide I mean, on the closing line, but we'll see. Well, look, the Giants are going to win, so uh, gonna win. we're not going to have to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> Seahawks and Eagles are on Monday night because, of course, we have to get one more NFC East. We have to make sure every NFC East team plays in primetime. It's, prime it's a rule. Um, Eagles are five-point uh, underdogs at home. Yeah, I mean, this is the Seahawks spot for me 100%. The numbers moving out in their their direction. Uh, it's getting to an unplayable number, that, but I definitely think even five. The Eagles are just not not a good team. Carson Wentz is a really bad quarterback. The only thing that would make me nervous about this is you know maybe we see some Jalen Hurts mixed in. It doesn't sound like it's going to happen, but that would be my one pause to not uh, be pounding the Seahawks at this point in time. What are your thoughts? You you getting on board with the Eagles or not really? No, I'm not getting on board with the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, gotta ask. I gotta ask. The Eagles are, the Eagles are, if it weren't for the Lions, the Eagles would be the Lions. I mean, it's really bad there. I mean, Carson Wentz, explain to me how Carson Wentz manages to look worse than Baker Mayfield. 
you know, everyone's, every single week too. It's impressive. It's it's really remarkable. Like it, you have to go to the Jets honestly to find someone that's playing worse than, um, than than Carson Wentz is. And I mean, the, the Eagles can't cover anybody. So if you think they're covering TK Metcalf, like you know, it's over. you're out to lunch. Um, right. So I I agree with you there. All right, this was uh, this is a fun slate. I'm excited for this. I'm I'm now more juiced up for Thanksgiving football. A reminder that if you are trying to ignore your family Zoom calls on Thanksgiving, which I recommend that you do, here's a, a pro tip: get a nice picture of yourself, make that your Zoom, you know, thing. That way, you don't have to turn on the the camera. You can be watching the games, and more importantly, you can be focusing on the props that you need to bet for these Thanksgiving Day games while your family yells at each other over the internet. Uh, let's finish out with some prize picks. You wanna do that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I got one. I have, I've had my eye on this uh, for a couple weeks now. Jordan Atkins, eight fantasy point projections. He kind of had a little bit of a breakout game last week. He has been on uh, my wide receiver tight end blow up model for Ooh. the past two weeks. I don't know if he's necessarily gonna be there again, but he went, you know, Five five receptions, 83 yards. He's a guy that's you know been rel- uh, you know a lot more involved than people give him credit for. 24 pass routes on this past Sunday, so he's a spot I definitely like over eight fantasy points if he gets a touchdown. Of course, uh, you're easy living at that point, but he has been involved enough enough with the Texans offense that uh, he could you know hit this on just his receptions and uh, yardage total I think so that's the spot that I definitely like on prize picks I'm rolling in a similar direction there and I'm going to Sean Watson over 24 and a half fantasy Watson. points because well it's, it's Matt Patricia and the Lions defense are you right. kidding me <laughs> come on now here's I'll give you one more and that is Gus the bus Edwards nine and a half Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, they have the coronavirus. So it is all aboard, okay? Wheels on the bus, they will be going round and round. Um, I think there's a legit chance this guy's just the best running back on the team. And he's gonna get a full workload in a game where you figure their one one place where they can win is in a dynamic, hard to stop run game. So uh, give me Gus Edwards over nine and a half. Yeah, I like that a lot, actually. There are, uh, you know, a lot of decent options coming up here. I think the other one I'd probably be on the under with, Willie Sneed. I mentioned him a little bit earlier. Under 10 fantasy projections. Um, he's just a guy. I don't I mean, I don't know what I don't know what they're actually doing at their wide receiver position at this point for the Ravens, but I don't think that he should necessarily be as involved, so I'm kind of fading that spot. But like you said earlier, we could get on Des Bryant over mm. 6.5 fantasy projections as well. I think that might be a little bit of a viable play. Uh, pretty significant increase in routes run for him on Sunday. So if he continues in that direction, uh, he could be pretty involved here. So I'm uh, kind of intrigued by that one as well. So there's you know a lot of quality options coming up here on Prize Picks. So make sure make sure you get some plays locked in for Thursday there as well. Yeah, the way it works is you pick anywhere between two and four players. You pick them to either go over or under their fantasy projection, and then that works as a parlay, and you can make uh, up to 10x what you put down. If you get, for example, all four correct. So it's easy to play. It's a lot of fun. Prizepicks.com. Ben, I'll get you out of here on this. Are you pro-turkey or anti-turkey on Thanksgiving? I mean, I'll eat it, but it's literally the only time I'll eat it all year. So if you get a little gravy on it, mashed potatoes, bread rolls, it's 
it's edible, I will say at that point, but it's not uh, necessarily my favorite. What about you? It's a, it's a perfect take. It's all about the sides. That's how you know turkey is bad. It's also a massive shot. amount of work just to make it edible. Right. Turkey right. is the bread of meat, okay? It is meat bread. That's... All it is is a surface upon which to pile sides and put them in your mouth. Right. And that is why, Ben, I will be eating steak on Thanksgiving. You're smart. You're a smart man, dude. I, I love that. I'll, I'll probably be eating. I don't know what I'm going to be eating <laughs> at this point, but uh, it'll hopefully be something. Yeah, Scotch, I'm with you. I like bourbon, that. tequila. That's pretty three. much it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The three wise men. So, all right. There we go. I'm going to go uh, tilt my face off as Jared Goff refuses to run anywhere. You enjoy yourself. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Peace out.